0: Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be loved. It's good to be loved. All right. Well, good morning again. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. And for those of us who haven't met before, my name is Pastor Jesse, and I have the opportunity of serving here at LifeSpring as one of the lead pastors. Uh, You know, I'm going to jump right into it here. If you've attended church for a while, you've probably heard the word fasting. But what exactly is fasting? You know, why do we do it? And how do we do it? These are likely some of the questions you might have asked yourself as we've embarked on this journey of prayer and fasting for 21 days. If you're just joining us today here, so we're part of a Foursquare family, and at the beginning of the year, we started on January 10th with 21 days of prayer and, fasting. and so we felt it would be good over the next three weeks to just kind of talk about fasting. Also include prayer in there. Because prayer is important. Prayer is our anchor. Should be a part of our daily life. And talk through what that looks like for us. And so, my heart this morning is to further prepare us for this time of prayer and fasting and to address some of the questions posed earlier. I want you to be excited about it. I don't want you to be thinking, well, not so fast. I don't want to do a fast. Not so fast. I want you to be excited about it because I know our flesh is kicking and screaming because we've been telling ourselves no. No. And if you're like me, which I believe you are because you're a human, you don't like to hear the word no. We don't like to hear the word no. We just don't. Often we're like, well, let me tell you all the reasons why that no should be a yes. So a simple no in itself is challenging, but when you tell yourself you can't have dessert or social media or... Television, whatever you might have been fasting or considering fasting for 21 days, whatever you want to put in that blank, you better get ready to put up a fight because that's hard. That's hard. And it's going to take some discipline to follow through. The passage of Scripture we'll start with comes from the book of Matthew chapter 6. And I'd encourage you to turn there or pull it up on your cell phone. It'll also be up on the screen. But before we read, I felt it would be practical to note that this morning isn't about what you're fasting or not fasting. It's not about comparing what one person may be doing or not doing, and neither is it a reproving of those who probably haven't fasted before. So before we even get into the text, I want to keep in mind that Or I want you to keep in mind that at the end of our time today, you'll see that each and every one of us can participate in this fast. Each and every one of us can participate. We'll be walking through some tools and different things that you can implement over the next couple of weeks. So turn with me then in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. We'll read from the ESV translation first, and then we'll loop back around and read from the message version. It says this, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for if they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, I want us to look at it in the message translation because I just love how the message translation breaks down verses at times. Let's let's hear what it says. It says when you practice some appetite denying discipline to better concentrate on God, don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small-time celebrity, but it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, act normal outwardly. Shampoo and comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face. God doesn't require attention-getting devices. He won't overlook what you are doing. He'll reward you well. Let us pray. Father, as we've gathered here, Lord, we're here because of you, Father. And as we hear your word this morning, Lord, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. We also want to be doers. And so as we apply ourselves to listening, God, we pray that mere words instruct us and teach us and give us life as only your words can, Father. We look forward to that which you're speaking to us this morning. In your name I pray, amen. So what is fasting? Well, fasting is basically giving up a food or something else for a period of time in order to focus our thoughts on God. Fasting is found throughout both testaments of the Bible, and the practice of fasting has been done for multiple reasons. It was well known to people in the ancient world, and people fasted for a number of reasons, such as to worship God. Luke chapter 2 tells the story of the prophetess Anna. In verse 37 of that chapter, it says she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day. Fasting and praying, Anna was devoted to God, and fasting was one of her expressions of loving Him. Some people fast to repent. After Jonah pronounced judgment against the city of Nineveh, The king covered himself with sackcloth and sat in the dust. He then ordered the people to fast and pray. And you can find that reference in Jonah chapter 3. Some people fasted to seek deliverance or protection. Ezra declared a corporate fast and prayed for a safe journey for the Israelites as they made the 900-mile trek to Jerusalem from Babylon from Babylon you can find that in Ezra chapter 8. Authors like Paul and Barnabas fasted to seek God's wisdom. They fasted and prayed for the elders of the church before committing them to the Lord for his service. You can find that in Acts chapter 14 verse 23. And Jesus Jesus fasted for 40 days and nights in the wilderness before he began his public ministry. Nehemiah mourned, fasted, and prayed when he learned that Jerusalem's wall had been broken down. David fasted to ask God to intervene because of an injustice in Psalm thirty-five thirteen, and in Second Samuel chapter twelve verse seventeen and twenty-three, he fasted to ask for miraculous healing, a request that God didn't grant it. I don't have time to get into that backstory, but you should definitely. Check out Second Samuel 12 and read it. Mordecai and the Jews fasted upon hearing news of Haman's wicked plot for their extermination. And the early church fasted while worshiping and committing their ministry to the Lord. And they also sought the Lord through fasting for the guidance when they appointed leaders. You know, as of recent... The fasting of food has become a popular thing for weight loss and other health benefits. Some athletes fast for a period of seven days to reset their metabolism, while others engage in intermittent fasting. That might have been something you've heard about. But individuals and people groups in the Bible or in biblical times fasted to show their devotion to God. This was the purpose of why they fasted. You see, fasting is an essential discipline. The Bible commonly pairs fasting with praying as fundamental of Christian faith. And while most Christians understand the necessity and importance of prayer, fasting, in many ways, has fallen out of favor with many. Because we don't like to tell ourselves no. We don't like to deny ourselves things. Nevertheless, fasting remains a very important, integral and a very important part of a healthy Christian walk. And when we practice fasting as intended, we gain a number of spiritual benefits. Therefore, we must find ways to silence our fleshly voices so we can hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. Through the discipline of fasting, we become practiced at quieting the flesh and amplifying the Spirit's voice and leading to better understand the Lord's will in our life. Fasting isn't about not eating. It's not about the lack of food or whatever else you're fasting or will be fasting. It's about quieting the noise around you and getting vertical with God. It becomes not about my will, but about His will being done in mine and your life and here on earth as it is in heaven. See, when we align our hearts with heaven and get vertical with God through reading his word and spending time in prayer and fasting and not being so consumed by all the things that's happening in our horizontal perspective of life, you better get ready for a mountain top experience with the Lord because your perspective is about to change. See, our prayers aren't designed to give God new thoughts or to change his mind. Our prayers are designed to give us new thoughts. Our thoughts are to confirm to His thoughts and not the other way around. Because when God gets involved in your heart and in your life and in everything that's important to you, He'll do things in you and through you even greater than you can ever ask or imagine. He wants to partner with you. You know, back in 2018 while we were in Michigan, I say we, my wife and I, Debbie, she'll actually be joining me up here in a bit. While we were in Michigan, the Lord did just that for us. He asked me to partner with Him in prayer and fasting. And when I said yes, man, I wasn't prepared for how life was going to change. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 says this, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, when you put God first, when you give Him of your first fruits, and you just stop what you're doing, and your focus is on Him, something happens during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Something happens. When you're focused in on God and everything else become blurry, when you hit pause and commit to showing up for these 21 days intentionally or these next two weeks, He will meet you there and you'll begin to get excited about the dreams and things that He has placed in your heart and you're able to hear God's voice clearly in those moments. Our flesh is going to fight it, but the rewards far outweigh uncomfortableness of this discipline because when you put your faith out there like that and fast and pray and you start believing that nothing's nothing is impossible for you then you start moving in that direction that's what fasting does for you now i want to make it very clear to you that we don't fast for the rewards there are many rewards But I want to be very careful how I put that out there because I've heard many people say before that, well, I'm not fasting this year because it didn't work. Or I won't fast because it didn't work for this person. And often what they mean by this is, I'm not fasting because the list of things I wrote down didn't come true for me. Remember, fasting and praying is about hitting pause and allowing God to speak to us allowing Him to speak to you. Not our prayers giving Him new thoughts, but it's about His ways and thoughts towards us becoming our ways and allowing Him to speak to our heart. Those other things, the rewards, they're just benefits of being obedient to that which He's asking us to do. So, I want you to know, that fasting and prayer, it does work. It does work. I'm living and breathing example of that. And I'm sure many of you in here have so many stories of time when you spent in fasting and praying and the Lord showed up for you. So with that, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory here. You know, back in 2017, there was a time there when Debbie and I we looked at God and we said, You know what? We've served you. We've given up our life to you. And this is what happens. Like, I don't understand it. Have you ever walked through a season like that where you're following faithfully, but then something happens and another thing happens and another thing happens and then you're like, What is happening? What is happening? so back in 2018, Debbie and I, we decided to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this is often referred to as the Daniel fast. And honestly, I don't even really want to get into the specifics of what that was for us or what kind of fast you should be doing or we should be doing because I really want you to search out what kind of uh, fast God wants you to do. It's not what I want you to do. It's what He's asking of you. It's what He's asking of you. So in 2018, we did the Daniel fast. And it comes from Daniel chapter 10, where it says that for 21 days, Daniel had nothing but fruits, vegetables, and water. And the scripture says that when he began to humble himself and pray, it literally says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. And it's a powerful study of what God did in Daniel's life. So we did the Daniel fast. And really, basically, it's nothing that tastes good, honestly. That's what it is. And it's hard. But also notice, fasting without praying is just a diet. Fasting without praying is just a diet and nobody likes a diet. And so that's not what we're doing here. So back in 2018, yes, I had fasted before, but what took place in 2018 at the start of the year, by spending time in prayer and fasting, I can only attribute to His supernatural doing. It's quite unexplainable. And So we're doing the Daniel fast, and at the end of 21 days, I felt the Lord speak to me and say, it's going to be a year of worship, reading my word closely, but it's especially going to be a year of prayer and fasting. Now, we should be reading His Word. I was worshiping. And it had been some period of time before I'd fasted that way. But that is what I felt the Lord told me. And I told my wife, and she was like, are you sure? And so at the end of 21 days, we decided to extend the fast another 14 days because that's what I felt the Lord asked of us. Well, asked of me. And then she decided to partner in with me and do this. And after another 14 days, after I'd finished that fast, the Lord reminded me of what Revelation 3.20 says. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and eat with him and he with me. So I'd meet with him daily. And it was hard. And again, I don't advise you to take on a fast where you're abstaining from food without first consulting your doctor. I say that because I remember a couple of days there, I laid mostly in bed. I hadn't been working for almost a year. And I was laying mostly in bed, just listening to worship and praying. And the Lord showed up and He met me in those moments. See, when we break from our regular routines of eating at certain times of the day or doing less of a particular activity, we allow our bodies to assist our minds in understanding that for a time we are going to be denying ourselves one thing or these things in the interest of pursuing Him. Biblical fasting is not a hunger strike between you and God. That's not what it is. Fasting is a means of humbling ourselves before God. King David said, I humbled myself with fasting. In the Old Testament, fasting was often accompanied by other signs of humility and brokenness, such as weeping, mourning, and lamenting, as well as wearing sackcloth and sitting in ashes. And it's important to understand that fasting isn't a way to get a better response to prayer, rather, true fasting is a means of fostering a better, humbler approach to prayer. And in the midst of being obedient to that, the Lord is faithful to reward that process. He's faithful to reward it. Now, if you've never fasted before and you're sitting here and you're like, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. I love food. Me too. I love food. (laughs) Me too. I really do. And so if you haven't fasted before at this time, I'd love to invite uh, my wife to come join me up here. Would you give her a round of applause as she makes her way up front? And she will be sharing with us just about her journey with prayer and fasting. I believe we're on. I think
1: we got it. No?
0: Let's press right there.
1: Hello? So some of you have heard me talk about fasting before, um, I beg your indulgence, it's basically the same story, but I've grown, so there's a little bit more to this story. So up until that fast four years ago, I was always the person who would hear teachings about fasting, like this one from Jesse, and I'd tune out, because I'd think, I can't do that. My body can't handle fasting. So I want to tell you of how I went from being a reluctant faster and a year ago when I shared this, I was still a reluctant faster to now making it a regular part of my journey, my Christian journey. As I tell you how this change came about, maybe if you're struggling with fasting, you will see a bit of yourself in my journey and gain some hope for yourself as you consider prayer and fasting. So the very first time, I fasted anything was as a relatively new Christian. I decided along with my parents and a few friends to give up something for Lent. I gave up Coca-Cola. At that time, I'd been drinking one or two bottles a day. You know, the good Coca-Cola that comes in glass bottles. And in my country, Belize, they come in two different sizes, regular and large, and are made in the Caribbean with lots of sugar. Anyway, that's what I gave up. I prayed through those 40 long days of Lent, suffered withdrawals, and came out of that time no longer Coca-Cola dependent. I still drink it, but now I can go weeks without having a sip of it. But years passed, and then I did a fast with my daughter eight years ago because there was something we both wanted badly, and we couldn't make it happen on our own. At that time, I believed I wasn't able to fast food, so I dipped my toe in the water by fasting social media from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day for a set period of time, and we prayed. God answered our prayer in what felt like a miraculous way, and I was both shocked and pleased like I couldn't believe it. What had been a roadblock melted away and became an open door. It was amazing, and I began to think that maybe fasting really worked. But then maybe the Lord was easing me into this countercultural discipline, and I didn't even realize it at the time. I say it's countercultural because even though different kinds of fasts are now mainstream, praying while you fast isn't. And what I've come to learn about prayer and fasting is that together they're a spiritual joining of forces with God, saying that we are along for the battle, for whatever work He's doing, and in essence that we're putting our will where our mouths are. I didn't understand that at first. So because of the fear of how my body would react to fasting, it wasn't until four years ago that I tried it again. In 2018, like Jesse spoke about, with him and a group of supportive friends, I decided to just go for it. I fasted rice and meat. Now, if you know anything about the Caribbean, (laughs) rice is a staple. Yes, rice every day, please. Rice and beans, stewed beans with rice, white rice, rice cooked with coconut milk every single time. So when we hear you're getting coconut rice, we're like, you know, that's how we do it every time. Rice with coconut milk, rice with chicken, rice with beef, rice with pork, rice with soup, and even with potato salad. So as a Belizean, I chose the biggest thing that I could have chosen and boy was it difficult every day during those 28 days because i could only manage 28 jesse did way more that year than i did so but every one of those days right around lunchtime i wasn't in belize so it was all imaginary no matter where i was i could smell someone's pot cooking (laughs) and all i could smell was that delicious coconut rice being made in whatever way and I could smell chicken stewing. And I'd take a deep breath of just pure pleasure that came from that food memory and then pray through it. I'm sure I probably cried once or twice, but I kept going. Fasting rice that year changed my dependence on it. It made it easier to eliminate all that rice from my diet. I still love it. I'm still grateful for the food memory but I don't eat it anywhere close to how I did before the fast of 2018. So from personal experience, I know that fasting does serve a physical benefit. It helps to break long-held habits and provides an opportunity for us to develop new, healthier ones. But that is only the tip of the iceberg of the benefits of fasting and prayer. Jesus said, when you fast, oh, those words used to bug me. They were convicting because I didn't fast. I didn't want to incorporate it into my year. I didn't want to sacrifice or do without anything I didn't really have to do without. We are trained to believe that if we want something and it's not harming anyone, do what you want to get it. Save, work hard, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Very quickly into the fast of 2018, I realized that I was saying the opposite of that to myself. I didn't have to have it just because I could. You can tell your body, nope, it's there, but you have the rest of the year to enjoy that. It's training your will and bringing your body into submission, and that is not a life lesson I had learned before I took up this discipline. It was like, it was mind-blowing. It was life-changing, realizing that I could tell my body no. Because it's really training your will And bringing your body into submission something else I learned was that every time I choose to fast and pray I am joining forces with God in a way that I don't understand but I don't have to understand it when I'm fasting and praying I realize that I'm asking God to do the impossible or at least what seems impossible to me I recognize my smallness which is humility And that I'm asking a huge God to intervene in something that is way bigger than me. I'm also asking him to speak to me the things he wants to tell me. When I'm fasting, I am so much more receptive to the Spirit than at any other time. And the only way I can describe it is that this must have been what it felt like to walk through the wardrobe in the Narnia series. It's not as full of adventures, and we don't see fantastical creatures. Or at least I hope we don't but whenever I fast and pray it feels as if I enter a spiritual supernatural realm my spiritual eyes and ears are sharper than at any other time in my humanity sometimes I want to respond like Peter at the transfiguration of Jesus even though my body is suffering my spiritual acuity is so high like I want to say can I live here can we set up camp here But you know, it's not sustainable. And so we enter it for a time and leave, but we can always come back. During times of fasting and prayer, I have heard the Spirit speak into my own spirit in a way that I can only describe as deep, calling out to deep. It is beautiful and life-directing, but there have also been times when I fast and feel and hear nothing. At those times, I remember what Jesus said, also in Matthew 6. Your Father who sees in secret what is done in secret will reward you. The Father knows our hearts, why we fast, what we can handle, and what we can't. And he knows that when we attempt to pray and fast, what we're really saying is, Lord, I am in this with you, and I lay down my will in exchange for yours.
0: So, we've said a lot so far this morning. And as Debbie mentioned, there are many types of fasts you can incorporate over the next couple of weeks. I'm not saying that you have to do these things. But I'll give you some examples of things you can consider. Maybe you do a TV or movie fast. You can take a break from a weekly favorite And use that time to pray and read the Bible. Maybe instead of spending time binging Netflix or Paramount or whatever the account may be, Amazon, you could take some time to mentor someone God has placed on your heart. Maybe you can fast social media. And this is becoming one of the more common fasts in our culture. Maybe you need to take some time away from the noise and refresh, log out of your accounts, delete them from your device for a period of time, and just spend time being present with God to pray and listen. I mean, I don't know if you're on TikTok or Instagram or Reels and doing these things, and sometimes you watch one video, and two hours later, you're like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? where did the time go? Maybe you can fast from going out. Take a look at your calendar and pick a night when you'd usually go out and spend time instead diving into Scripture. Maybe there's a book of the Bible you've always wanted to read but didn't have the time. Perhaps you want to pray through the Psalms. Give this time to God and let Him show you the great treasures of his word. These are just some examples, but whatever you do during your fast or whatever you're doing, set aside specific and significant time to worship and seek him in prayer. And plan ahead so your time can be unhurried and conducive to enjoying the Lord. You know, many people begin this time by repenting of any sins or asking the Holy Spirit to bring anything to mind and asking God for forgiveness. I believe it's essential for us to get right with God and examine our hearts. King David said in Psalm chapter six to six, come and hear, All you who fear God, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my town, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and has heard my prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld His love from me. Church, applying yourself to seeking God's face, even and especially during those times in which you feel weak, faint, or irritable, When you feel the enemy trying to dampen your spirit, in those moments, go to him in prayer and ask him to strengthen your resolve in the face of difficulties and temptations. Praying and fasting is a powerful Christian discipline and our focus should be on God. Center your total being on him, your attitudes, your actions, your motives, your desires and words. This is can only take place if God and His Spirit are at the center of our attention. So as we continue on our prayer and fasting journey, I want to encourage you to seek Him earnestly. Our times of prayer shouldn't just be a time of asking or telling Him what our wishes are. He isn't the genie in a bottle. That's not who He is. But rather, We should be seeking out His heart. I hope we understand that the necessity of prayer is just not enough. For it to become a part of our life, it needs to become something we look forward to doing daily. Daily, even after the fast is finished. Mark chapter 1 verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left His house, and went off to a solitary place where He prayed. And I read that verse because from it we can get some tips that can help us during this time of prayer and fasting. First, have a certain time. Jesus got up early in the morning to spend time with His Heavenly Father. Make a daily appointment with God, whether it's first thing in the morning, at lunch, or in the evening. And keep it faithfully. Have a certain place. Jesus had a specific place that He went to pray Having a designated area to pray helps us remove distractions and frees us to worship and pray out loud. Have a certain plan. When Jesus taught His disciples how to pray, He gave them a prayer outline. It's what we call the Lord's Prayer. This outline is included and highlighted at the beginning of our prayer and fasting book. And so if you haven't received a copy of that book, we have a few more available Before you be sure to grab one before you leave today. If you're a digital person, you can visit uh, foursquare.com, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, and you can find a copy on there. But as we pray every day, our plans for a prayer time can vary. Maybe at times it will include worship music. Maybe at times it's Bible reading. Or maybe it's just a quiet time to listen to God. It doesn't have to always look the same. It just helps when we have a plan for regularly connecting with God. I want to encourage you, join the Bible reading plan. So amazing the amount of people that are interacting on the Bible reading plan. It is encouraging. And this year we've slowed it all the way down. We're walking through the New Testament and really sitting in Scripture, sitting in verses. That could become a part of your morning routine over these next couple of weeks and continue on into the rest of the year. So as we close today, I'd like to invite the worship team back up. And as they play, I want to remind you again that this year, collectively as Square, thousands are gathering daily in His name, asking the Lord to do abundantly more than we can imagine. And I want to encourage you to take time to intentionally meditate on His words and ask Him for a fresh anointing. Or ask Him, even now, what fasting looks like for you over the next couple of weeks. Because I'm convinced that He truly wants to do a new thing in us and through us, both collectively but also individually. And while fasting, I'd also encourage you to take advantage of the secret place. What I mean by that is set aside time to talk with God and listen to what He's saying to you. Prayer is more than just a one-way conversation. There is a promise here that if you take the first step and draw close to God, then He will draw close to you. And one encounter with God changes everything. Changes everything. Be reminded that He wants a relationship with us. You're more than your job, your title, your position, the hours you work. You're more than that to Him. He knows your fears, your rejections, your hurts, your strengths, your weaknesses. He sees you in the crowd. He sees you individually. And He knows you by name. Would you meet with Him starting today? As for the days that remains in our time of prayer and fasting, these days will require some patience. Patience to resist the immediate and to receive God's best. Imagine your life lived in complete trust in God, knowing His ways are better than our ways. Imagine the confidence you will have in difficult times, knowing God's best will eventually turn up. Imagine the courage you will have, knowing that God has your back. Because when you seek His kingdom above all else, He shows up in amazing ways. In amazing ways. I'd also, at this time, I'd like to invite the prayer team up front. Because even in this moment, wherever you are, if you would just bow your heads. It's good to have authors agreeing in prayer with you and for you. Maybe you need to do a heart check this morning. We should be doing that every day. But right where you're sitting, every Lord has been speaking. To you about a specific area in your life. And so I encourage you to let someone agree in prayer with you. I encourage you to join us in this opportunity to engage in prayer, to experience the power and the presence of the Lord in your life. Let's humble ourselves. And seek His face. And so, as a worship team goes into this song, I'd encourage you, if you need prayer, don't hesitate. They'll go into a song and we'll close here in a bit. And as ministry continues, we'll more than likely close out the service. But I want to encourage you. Don't be shy. Make that first step. Even where you're sitting right now, The thought might be, no, I won't be the first one to go up there. They're available to pray with you and to stand with you. Would you come and receive prayer this morning? Amen.